Hello beautiful people this is Sayyidina Abdul Wasif back here with another session of iCast and let's start off with the updates first off due to the increase in covid-19 cases in india all non-muslim nationals coming to malaysia from india including through flight transits are banned temporarily including for international students details from the university including the faculty of engineering are yet to be confirmed and also international students are also urged to carry their passport when going around malaysia during the mco and follow all sops that are prescribed and so that's it for the update so far and i'm about to be joined with hamza hayat who is going to be talking about how to invest in stocks as a university student stocks as a university student Hamza would you introduce yourself uh hello everyone and thank you for inviting me um my name is Hamza and I'm a third year civil engineering student in University of Malaya uh I am from uh, Guyana it's a country north of Brazil and today we'll be talking about uh investing in stocks from a perspective of a university student and by the way Uh there's something I want to also say. Uh I'm not certified financial advisor or anything. I'm saying this because you can't give any financial advices if you are not certified. Okay. So yeah, I'm not a financial that. advisor. <laughs> And all what I said is not um not advising you to do anything. All what I did is I just shared my experience. And it's up to you if you if you want to go for it or if you want to do more if you more research so yeah it's up to you yeah so you're not a financial advisor and you're just saying that as like what you call it you know like letting the people know sort of thing not as financial advice yeah yeah okay do so hamza uh, i'm a guy who does not know anything about stocks like roughly basically nothing all right so could you first give me like an overview of what stocks really are for the people who don't know like me how does it work basically uh yes sure uh maybe I'll tell you a bit about you know my journey uh, in stocks how I started and then I'll let you know more about basically what is a stock and and you uh, know go into more details sure sure um so first uh The way I started with stocks investment it was actually one of my friends he was in the economy faculty uh he used to talk about stocks sometimes and you know that kind of attracted me i was quite curious to know uh so he invited me to some of the webinars and some of the uh you know online classes about stocks i attended a couple of them and that sparked my interest uh to start trading stocks. So basically it's all about you know my friend introduced it to me just like how am I introducing it to you all. So if you want to like a lot of people when they and I tell them like okay I'm investing in stocks. They would ask me like wow how how much money do you have like do you have like 10k 
that you start investing in stocks or something. So the fact is, uh, you don't need you know much money to start investing in stocks. You don't need like 10k, for example. You can even start investing in stocks as low as fifty dollars. Like there are some shares that you can buy on the internet as low as fifty dollars. So the time I started investing in stocks, the stock market was almost the lowest it could ever be for the past couple of years. So I inv I started investing in a really good point because of Corona. After the Corona happened, uh, the whole stock market was was quite low. You know, the prices were quite low. So whatever you buy, almost whatever you buy, is gonna go up higher in price uh, really soon. So, so you really got a lucky always... shot there. So you really had yeah. a lucky shot there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's idea. true. Actually, it's once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so there's always something I like to remember. It's uh, usually in stocks. It's not about like getting rich quick thing. Okay, it usually takes a lot of time. It might take years, you know. Uh, yeah. So okay. So I'll tell you right now more about, you know, stocks and what is actually a stock. Uh, when you buy a stock, you can buy it, you know, from your bank account, from a bank account, uh, which is called a broker account. Uh, using a broker account, you can buy any stock in the world. You can buy stocks in the U.S., in Malaysia or any other place. So what's actually a stock? A stock is basically a fraction of a company. When you are buying a stock, you are buying a really tiny fraction of a company. For example, if I want to buy a stock in Apple company, like I really like Apple company and I want to invest in that company, I'll go, I'll Google, for example, I'll Google Apple stock and then you'll find the stock price on Google itself. And then when you buy it, you are buying basically a tiny fraction, you're buying a tiny fraction of their profits, you're buying a tiny fraction of the assets they have, you know, even you're buying a tiny fraction of the, the pens they have, the computers they have, a really tiny fraction. So by buying that stock, you're becoming a shareholder of the price, of the shareholder of the company. Uh, so basically, that's uh, what a stock is. Uh, I hope it's uh, clear. Yeah. So you're basically buying a part of the company. Like yes, a correct. A really tiny... Yes, correct. Uh, you can buy more than one stock. You can, when you buy a stock, you are basically buying shares of the company. So you can buy more than one share. You can buy like hundreds of shares. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And the share of each company depends on the company itself. So for example, if you went for Apple, you're going to see its share prices might be even more than $100. If you went to other, you know, companies, uh, some of the companies, the share price is even less than one dollar, so you can buy like hundred shares for uh, for like ten dollars, for example. So yeah, the shares, the share prices uh, differs by the company. So I'll tell you more about like how easy it is right now these days to trade stocks than before. Before, like long time ago, if you wanted to get a to buy a share of a company. You'll have to go to the stock exchange and then you're going to, you know, have some paperwork to buy and sell, you know, these stocks. That was like a long time ago. But now it's super easy. 
which is one of the things that's really motivating me till now to to invest in stocks. First of all, it's quite easy to buy a stock. You can just buy a stock at a click of a button. You can just click one button and then you buy that stock. You can just click and then you sell it. Second thing, oh. all what you need to do, to have in in stocks is basically just an internet connection and a device. You just need your mobile phone or your laptop. That's all what you need to trade stocks. Uh, you can do it from anywhere, anywhere in the world, whether you are in the middle of the desert or whatever. <laughs> as long as you have a Wi-Fi and you have a device, you can trade stocks. So, wait, I wanted, I wanted to ask you something. People usually say, like, when you're doing stock investment and stuff, that your money is sort of, like, working on its own while you sleep. What are your thoughts on that? Actually, that's that's quite true, you know? Uh, buying stocks is literally the way that you can make your money uh, work for you. You do nothing. You even don't need to do to deal with clients. You don't need to. You literally just need to to pick a good company, and uh -huh. the company will the work the money will work for you. Okay, you're gonna sleep. For example, the stock market opens in the U.S. Uh, let's say at uh, 9 a.m. It's gonna be around uh, 9 a.m. in Malaysia, 9 p.m. in Malaysia here. You literally sleep, wake up, and then if the stock went up, then you have more money in your account. It literally gets you money while you are sleeping. Damn. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. You, it is. It is quite beautiful. So, how do you select and your products? Like, how do you select the stocks that you invest in personally? Uh, okay, that's uh, that's a really good question. Uh, so many people. Uh, especially like me when I was first introduced to stocks uh, trading and investing. I used to see, you know, those people who trade stocks and invest stocks will look at a lot of charts, you know. They will see charts going up and down, you know, they're tracking, you know, the price of the company. I thought that was investing is about. And when I first started learning about, you know, analyzing a stock that I should buy, I, I started by learning about how to analyze these charts. These charts basically show the price of the company over time. Then I realized this is only called technical analysis, which is not the main thing that you should do when you're analyzing a stock. When you're analyzing a stock, there are two main ways, which is fundamental analysis and technical analysis. The technical, technical analysis is the part where you analyze the charts of the companies and you see the company, you know, one year, one year ago, it went up that much. So you're expecting, expecting it that year to go as much as it went last year. That's like kind of what technical analysis is about. For the fundamental analysis, which is the main thing that we should be doing. It's basically analyzing the company profit, analyzing how much does the company have in debts? Do you think the company will survive for 10 more years? Do you really believe in the product the company is making? This is what basically fundamental analysis is about. So before you buy a stock, you need to make sure the company has good fundamentals. So the company is making profit. That's a really important point. You need to make sure that the company like you believe it can survive more than 10 years. For example, Apple. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, these are the fundamentals that you should be looking at. After you look at these fundamentals, you can look at the technical analysis part. So these are the two ways that we can analyze stocks. You talked about broker accounts, right? Like you have to have a broker account to, what do you call it, get into stocks and invest and stuff. So like as a student, how do you make a broker account? Oh, yes, that's also a good point. Um, to open a broker account, a broker account, as I said, it's the place where you trade stocks. You can trade stocks from your, I don't know, savings account or whatever. You need to have something called a broker account in a certain bank. So in the U.S., um, you can uh, trade using any broker account. For example, there's one broker called Interactive Brokers, uh, where people, uh, foreigners can sign in this broker account online. Everything done online and everything done for free. And it can be done within maybe 30 minutes, uh, sign in. Uh, so there's procedure. like no service charge. Basically what you need to do is... So there's no service charges? Yeah, nothing. there's no service charges. Okay. Yeah, That's not nice. at all. For, this nice. this depends, depends on the broker. Yeah, depends on the broker. Uh, but for example, for interactive brokers, it's one of the brokers I'm, I'm personally using for the US. Yeah, they don't charge you for, uh, opening a bank, uh, broker account. And the procedure is quite simple. You just need to fill in some data about you, your name, date of birth. They might need to ask you for an account statement, uh, for the past three months. Uh, yeah, it's all like general information and everyone can fill. In Malaysia, it's also uh, the same thing. Some of them charge uh, some money for opening a broker account. Um, of course, uh, there are many of them. They have like, they, there's Maybank, there's CIMB Bank. I personally have uh, CIMB. Uh, and the procedure is also quite simple. You just go to the office there and you ask them, you know, how can I open a broker account? You personally, as an international, was the processing uh, for you? I'm not quite sure about that point, but uh, yes, I, I think it's it's even easier for Malaysians. Uh, those Malaysians trying to open a broker account, it might be even easier. It's quite easy. You just literally go to the office, you bring in your passport, you bring passport photos as well, and you bring uh, your account statement for the past few months. You need to have a, a bank account, whether in CIMB or in Bank Islam or in Maybank. You need to have a bank account. And then you just go there, you need to have like a reservation and you can meet with your broker a couple of days later and then you can just do the, the account, you know, opening on the spot. It takes like 30 minutes and it's quite simple. Just make sure that, uh, they, they, they feel like, yes, you need to open a broker, broker account. Don't make them feel like you are confused. Okay. Uh, if you really want to open a broker account. Uh, but if you made them feel like you are, you know, you really need to open like a broker account, you're serious about it, then everything, yeah, everything should go well. Oh, so like, that's like your test, right? Sort of like a test of how passionate you are about stocks. You have to go there and you have to convince them to open a bank. Uh, uh, kind of. Yeah, especially if you are a student, yeah. they don't want you to lose money. Because actually, in fact, uh, stocks investment is quite risky. Yeah. It's one of the like most risky ways of investing. You can invest in other things. For example, uh, some people invest in, in bonds or in 
index funds, they call it. But stocks is the most risky one. So the broker himself, he doesn't want you to lose money. So they sometimes, they sometimes even, uh, give you a short, like, kind of quiz that you should answer. Um, mm. like they, they ask you some questions, like how many experience you have in trading or investing or how many, uh, how often do you trade stocks? Like, uh, how many times in a year? Yes, I, I really received that question. Sometimes they, they will ask you like, what do you know about stocks? They just want to make sure that you know what you are doing because it's yeah. a risky investment. Oh, so it's kind of like they're looking out for you. Yes. Kind of. uh, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to ask you something else too, which was you personally started stock, uh, like the whole stock thing during this pandemic, right? If I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right? So, yes. considering the whole pandemic and everything, uh, the whole market was falling, basically. So, how did you make money from stock investments, even in a falling market? And how would you suggest other people to do the same? Okay, that's, that's a really good question. And in the stock market, there are a couple of times when you can find, you know, a perfect entry to start, you know, trading. Uh -huh. uh, when the corona happened, you know, the whole stock market was falling uh -huh. and the prices were quite low. Like uh -huh. you can buy, you know, Apple or Amazon shares at a really low price. Uh -huh. And you know that this is a good company and the price will go up by time. So you buy it and after six months from the pandemic, the stocks, almost like all the stocks, uh, you know, recovered. Uh, so in the stock market, there are some times that you can get a perfect entry. And I'll tell you an example. In the stock market, every couple of maybe months, there's something that we call uh, market correction. The market corrects itself. So the market, the stock market is like booming and going up so much. And at some times, the stock market corrects itself, which means that the prices go back to where it should be. So it goes back lower. That uh -huh. point is a really good point for someone if he wants to, uh, you know, start investing or, and, and actually something I always like to do is since, um, I'm still considered, you know, not a professional or anything, I invest with the money that I have extra. So any savings I have that I'm not using, I would invest in that. And that's how I started. I used, I used to save a lot of money, especially during, during the pandemic. I saved uh -huh. a lot of money and then I started investing with this extra money. So even if I lost all that money, I'm not going to lose anything. It's a, I think it's a good way to start, uh, investing. How, how do you identify, like, that the market is about to correct itself? How do you know that it's about to correct itself? Um, uh, it's it's like it's a bit hard to answer this because um they they kind of happen at times that you don't you you can't predict you know the time that the stock market will correct itself mm -hmm. uh like yeah it's quite hard to predict these things but you can keep following up with the market there was actually a nice market correction in the US market around 3 weeks ago there was a market correction the market went down, for example, one of the market indicators, uh, it's called an index, it fell uh -huh. down more than 10%. Okay. So basically, 
uh, when it falls down more than 10%, uh, maybe any stock you buy or, you know, a stock with good fundamentals you buy, it will go back up, you know, 10%. So you'll get like 10% uh, uh, profit, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, so you can't pretty much predict it, but you can track it. Keep, you know, keep updated about the stock. And I don't actually suggest you to, what do you call it? Like trade for the short term. In the short term, the market is volatile and it goes up and down. It, it feels random in the short term. Mm -hmm. However, in the longer term, for example, in years, you feel like the market is more rational. You, you understand what's happening in the market. And especially those companies with good fundamentals, uh, it's always so to go for the long term, you know, invest for the long term. Um, it's always so uh, better. So if you're getting into stocks, you gotta think longer than just you don't gotta make it into a get rich quick scheme. You gotta think of it like far ahead. Uh, yeah, correct. Because in the short term, the market is really volatile and it's kind of random. Like, yeah. that's the best way I can explain it. In the short term, the market can feel random. So, if you're like trading uh, short term a lot, it's kind of like you are gambling. Because it's it's kind of random in the short term. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, preferred longer term. Okay, so longer. So, what's the longest you've held any stock? Uh, the longest I've had any stock. Um, I've tried holding uh, one of the stocks like for a year, but you know the stock went up, uh, went up in price to a price that I think it's already overvalued, so I had to sell it. Uh, uh -huh. It was around uh, four months, but oh. that's still actually considered kind of uh, short term to many people. Uh, but yeah. There are some reasons that you should sell a stock. It's not always good to hold on stocks. Maybe if the stock was bad, you need to sell it. And how, uh, sometimes you, know you, you get a stock bad. and the stock goes. How do you know if the stock is overvalued? Yeah. Uh, that's that's exactly what fundamental analysis is about. Uh, when we analyze a stock. Mm -hmm. Uh, we set, you know, a price that we think it will reach within, for example, one, two, three, or even ten years. That's what we do in fundamental analysis. And that's how I always do it. I literally have an Excel sheet. You put in the numbers, the profit of the company, the debts of the company, the revenue, all these things. And you can make some calculations, uh, that you will kind of expect how much the stock price will be within one year, for example. And there are some books that explains to you how to do fundamental analysis. Oh. I mean, I can recommend you some. Yeah, you can want. you recommend some books? Uh, yeah. So the best book I found that explains to you uh, the fundamental analysis is a book uh, called How to Make Money from Stock Investment Even in a Falling Market. Uh, that book is amazing. It explains to you all the financial terms that you need uh, to have in the stock market and a second book that you can read it covers like almost everything you need to to know about stocks it's it's a really good book that uh, will draw a map for you uh, in the stock market it's called a random walk down wall street 
uh, that book, you know, explains to you the fundamentals. It even talks a bit about, uh, you know, the technical part. It tells you, uh, is it good or is it bad? And there are actually a lot of uh, websites as well. For example, there's a website called Market B. You can just type in any company you want. For example, I want to know if Amazon is a good company. You can type in Amazon and it will give you some ratings. Uh, if you want to know more about the financial terms, uh, you can enter a website. It's called Investopedia. And lastly, there was, there's a website called Yahoo Finance. Uh, and this website, you can open, um, what do you call it? It's kind of like a fake, uh, trading account that you can buy and sell, you know, imaginary stocks, but, uh, just for you to learn, you know, just, uh, for you to learn. And that's how I started at the beginning. I opened, uh, a Yahoo Finance account and I opened a trading account and I used to trade stocks like, I don't know, Apple and Amazon, all these things. Uh, you don't lose any money because it's basically like fake money, but you get used to, to it. You, you can understand the idea of it. So it's by like opening this, you know, fake trading account. It's basically like a good yeah, starter exactly. finance game. And the game, is, it gives you, yeah, it gives you the real prices of the companies, you know, in real time. Uh -huh. So uh, if I bought Apple now, like it gives me the real price of Apple share price, like the, the oh. time I buy. So it's really good. That's really good. I wanted to ask you one more thing. It was, it was, it was about what you said before. You said that stock investment is like, one of the more risky types of investments. There are more types of investments too. Um, there's one more investment that I want to ask you about, which is crypto. What are your thoughts on crypto? It's booming everywhere right now. What do you think about it? All right, crypto. <laughs> okay, so first, uh, in crypto, you don't do investing. You you can't like you don't do investing. You do trading. Investing, um, like we call it more for the long term. When you invest in something, you kind of investing for the long term. But in trading, you just buy and sell within a few days or, you know, something like this. Mm -hmm. The thing with, uh, from my, from my point of view, in crypto, it all depends on what people think of it. It doesn't have an intrinsic value. It doesn't have a real value. You know, when you buy a stock, the stock actually does have a value because this stock is basically a part of the company and this company has an actual value. Like you can take that part of the company, you sell it and you get, you know, uh, money from it. It's something physical. Um, in the crypto, it doesn't have that intrinsic value. So if, for example, if one celebrity, you know, today came and say, okay, guys, I'm buying, you know, uh, Bitcoin, for example, many people would just jump in and buy the Bitcoin, and because there's so much demand, the price will go up. But mm -hmm. if one celebrity, you know, another day, for example, Elon Musk, he has done this like many times. If he went and he said, "Okay, I don't like you know Bitcoin anymore," all people will start selling just just because of what? Just because a celebrity said, you know, he likes it or he doesn't like it. They're just gonna hop in the you know those cryptocurrencies and then they're gonna jump from it it's like gambling you, know? oh. you, you can't predict its price 
and it doesn't have an intrinsic value. It's random. So, yeah, that's my point of view. It's like gambling. And it's so random. The prices are so random. And this is, by the way, what's happening right now with uh, Bitcoin and everything. It's actually not the first time it's happening. In, really? In, uh, yeah, in 2000, actually, I think in 2017, there was a Bitcoin bubble. The bubble burst. When you say a bubble burst, basically the price went up so much and then the price exploded. Like, I mean exploded, I mean collapsed. And that's, uh-huh. that's what happened with, uh, with Bitcoin before in 2017. The price went up so high, so high. It went up maybe up to $40,000. And then the price collapsed. You know, it went back to, to a couple of thousands. So what you are seeing right now is, is not the first time it's happening. And if you like looked on the internet now, many people think that what is going on right now with the cryptocurrency, you know, the Bitcoin and, the other cryptocurrencies, it's a bubble. It's going to burst soon. That's what they say. And that's what I kind of think about as well. Oh, so like it's a ticking time bomb waiting to burst. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, you know, would call it. But you know, that's my point of view. Many people have a lot of point of views. You know, Elon Musk, he's, you know, the richest man in the world. He's investing in, in Bitcoin. But yes. you still, you know, you don't know. Maybe Elon Musk one day will come and, and sell all his Bitcoin and get so much profit. And you'll be the last one holding a Bitcoin for a really bad price. So, yeah, that's my point of view. It's it's a high risk. It's a really high risk thing, you know. I mean, like, yeah, I guess I can agree with that. Uh, but, like, the thing is, I wanted to get your perspective on Bitcoin because... You as a stock investor, what's your point on, uh, what do you call it, Bitcoin? Because the last podcast we had, we talked about crypto again. And over there, we had a perspective from uh, crypto traders. And and now we have a perspective from the stock investment, uh, stock investors. Okay. Would you, would you ever buy crypto or no? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> like, oh. uh, especially with the current situation. Uh, it's, it's kind of like gambling, I would say. By the way, uh, I want to add, uh, a couple more points. I'll add one more point to the crypto and I'll add one more point to the stocks. Uh, and the crypto, uh, as far as I know, uh, you can't do like fundamental analysis. You can't actually find the intrinsic value of a Bitcoin. You can't do that. The only thing you can do is technical analysis. Um, and, uh, even in fundamental analysis, if you want to say, okay, I believe the Bitcoin will go up in the future and all these things, it's quite hard to predict. Because uh-huh. as I told you, it's the price action of the Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies are kind of random. Many people uh-huh. would disagree with me right now. And many people, like even many uh, investors would support me if they hear this. So it's quite, it's a really, what do you call it? Like people debate about this a lot. So that's one okay. point. Uh, the other point I want to add about stocks is I believe uh, many Muslims would be hearing this right now. There is one thing important that you should know. Not all stocks are Sharia compliant. So not all stocks are halal to buy, you know. Some companies, uh, mm-hmm. they have they, they get profit, a lot of profit from interest. 
or what we call, you know, in Islamic terms, uh, riba, which is haram. So not all stocks are uh, Sharia compliant, uh, especially in the U.S. You need to make sure that the stock you're buying is, if you're like uh, a Muslim, you need to make sure that it's Sharia compliant. One of the ways you can do that is there are many applications on the Google Play, for example. I'm using uh, an application called Zoya. Uh -huh. uh, in this application, you can just type in the company name and it will tell you if the stock is Sharia compliant or not. Um, you know, these days you don't need to go and open the financial documents of the company, open the balance sheet and the cash flows to see if the company is Sharia compliant or not. You can just use any application. And these applications are for free. So yeah, that's one point I needed to highlight. Uh, in stocks, ah. not all of them are Sharia compliant. You need to make, you need to be careful. Okay, that's actually really nice. I didn't know that all like stocks didn't have Sharia compliant and stuff. I think I didn't know that that was an issue. Yeah, only certain companies, you know. Uh -huh. You know, for example, companies that has a lot of uh, profit from interest, uh -huh. uh, they can be, you know, non-Sharia compliant. And companies that, that have a business that are not compliant to, like the Sharia, for example, companies that sells pork or companies that sells, you know, uh, wine and stuff. Yeah. These, these ones are not like uh, considered Sharia compliant. I mean, you can do your own research. I don't want to give any, like, uh, any, what do you call it? <laughs> Fatwa. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, Hamza. Would you ha do you have anything else to add, like to wrap it up? Final words. Uh, final words. Uh, all right. So last thing I want to say. It's a really good thing to learn about stock investment, and it's a really good starting point for you to start as a university student, because the earlier you start, the more you can get. You know the stock market. The, the profit you can get from the stock market is compounding, you know, so it, it keeps compounding, you know, doubling over time. So the earlier you start, it's the better. But before you start, you need to make sure that you understand like what you are doing. Thank you, Amza. That was extremely insightful. And as far as the giveaway is concerned, guys, you know the question. Do you prefer online or offline? And you gotta give me reasons. And you have to answer that in the Yumisa page, the Instagram page, the comment section actually. So, yup, just to remind you, the giveaway prize is a Bluetooth speaker, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving your time, and Allah Hafiz. Stay safe.